0: All right, folks, it's October, 2023. And as you may have known in the world of AI, we've had ChatGPT now for almost one whole year. And what's that brought with us? It's brought a whole heap of changes. So not only from those very first times when we were using it back in November and we're just, just getting our to to Typing in prompts and understanding how they work to the big glut of people out there who are t- trying to uh, sell prompts and prompt packs to you. All the way now to uh, the changes that OpenAI have made to ChatGPT by including things like Bing search again. They've included now image functionality with DALI-E. Leanne, what do you think about the whole change of ChatGPT, the sort of evolution over the last one year?
1: yeah it's definitely evolved that's for sure from just i mean even just the landing page for OpenAI was just non-existent and now they've pretty it up a little bit uh yeah it's like definitely for those who are paying for it you get a lot more value from it for sure than in the past because i was for a while there going oh well apparently it's great to be paying for it but functionality wise, I'm not seeing any difference. Uh, but now, you know, there's a whole bunch of things you can do with the paid one, which makes it a massive draw card.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, so I'm just looking at the the, the interface to chat GPT now, and it's even changed a little bit over the, the time. So while you still have that familiar kind of dark mode uh, or light mode, if you use the light mode version of it, um, panel on the left, mm-hmm. Search box then, or chat box then the bottom, and then sort of you know your selections at the top. You've now got uh, a bunch of other different things in there. Of course, plugins. They launched plugins. I think uh, I'm going to say around right about March they launched some plugins. They started doing things with that. So then there's a whole heap of those that have popped out. Um, some of them good, some of them not so good. Uh, they've they added uh, I think called advanced data analysis, which is a feature to be able to grab hold of i suppose code and and do things with bigger data so we're talking like spreadsheet kind of, of detail there um and then of course more recently they've just re-enabled the ability to be able to browse the the web for it have you used it much for for doing anything with the web at this point
1: not heaps apart from yeah going to do a bio on me uh which exercise we did together uh and that was interesting but you know what what i kind of realized was that you know it's it it picked up what uh, an extract from a podcast I was on like two, three years ago, and I've been a lot more since then. So I'm still a little bit wary about using it, like what which sources it chooses for what. Uh, So I'm still definitely in the whole, you know, uh, I guess, thinking about doing your own research and then uploading that itself, rather than relying for it to find the best possible most relevant data yet.
0: Oh, yeah, I'd yeah. agree. It, it's, it's one of those things where it's we've, we've certainly seen in the news where it's been used by all sorts of different professions to be able to produce content for not just their their daily day-to-day work or their, their few emails here and there, which is sort of what you'd expect most people to do, but like really big things like court cases and all sorts of other uh, type of outcomes, which has kind of landed some people in some hot water. Because the information it's produced has been either a little untrue or it's been completely way off off base. Um, So I'm hoping that with, you know, Browse with Bing and they've added this back into it, that they're also tightening those controls up in the background. I'm sure they are because they're continually training the tool. Um, But, yeah, it's it's one of those things that um, it does concern me, too, about whether you use it as a source of truth or whether you choose to use it as just as a a way to be able to uh, pass through your thoughts and ideas, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I'm still saying to everyone, remember, it's a tool. It's a great starting point, but definitely, like for any facts and sources, I would still go look them up. Um, I, I think definitely there are people out there. And I, you know, this was a little rant I had on LinkedIn the other day. There's definitely people who are just using it and accepting whatever first draft it provides as you know as, as gospel, and then it's also sounding very generic, which is going to affect their brand. Uh, so I, I'm i definitely pushing for everyone, yeah, use it for that first, that starting point, get over that white screen of death, but then add some more, like, emphasis, <laughs> you know, the stories, the case studies, add some more humans, add some more layers to it, and not enough people are doing that yet, just from just not knowing how to use it, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's probably the big trick here. And I know that part of your business, you do a lot of uh, GPT training with with people. Um, just from a temperature check, what do, how do you find people are actually finding using the tool? Is it something that they've had a bit of a dive into, or are they still kind of a bit scared of the whole thing?
1: Yeah, most people are still a bit scared. Um, they so when I you know I keep asking well, who's played with it, do it daily, uh, how often, everyone's still a bit nervous. I think to to play around with it just not knowing, they don't know what they don't know. And um, yeah, I mean, you probably found yourself, we're both still experimenting with it, but there's some people who are just like, oh, I don't even know where to begin and just getting a bit freaked out and overwhelmed. So uh, yeah, everyone's still very much, very much beginner level uh, is what I'm finding. And then occasionally you find someone who knows a little bit more, uh, who has maybe gone down the rabbit hole a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. it sounds like both of us, actually. And I know that I've integrated uh, ChatGPT, the use of it, to my day and my, my sort of work day. So not just working with clients, but you know, writing copy, or at least almost as a sanity check for me to be able to go, hey, does this actually sound all right? Or is there a better way that I could do these things? Or is there other types of uh, information that I could uh, include in this kind of this text? Um, and look, I mean, it does. I find it does a pretty good job at, at most tasks, um that said I've also highly trained it with its custom instructions and things to better sound a bit like me so there's there's a lot of um of benefit in my work day it certainly speeds up the things that I do um to to a really high degree um what about what about some of the advantages you found is there something that you found that's a bit different to what I've just talked about
1: well definitely I was going to ask you about the custom instructions actually I want to hear how you've used it because I definitely found that that's that was a massive as someone doing training and explaining all about the tone of voice and getting that right and then I was telling everyone oh now you have to every prompt put in this tone of voice but I found customer cu- custom instructions was a game changer for having it all it just knew who you are but yeah I want to hear from you how how have you kind of used custom instructions to benefit you and your business
0: yeah so it's a really uh interesting thing actually so initially I was Not so much against it. I suppose I didn't know how to use custom instructions properly because, like, when you first go to the tool, it says, hey, um, you know, would you like ChatGPT to know some stuff about you in the first box? And there's a second box that says, how would you like ChatGPT to respond? And I suppose I didn't really know how to use them together properly to really, uh, you know, get some worth out of it. What I did uh, is I actually... Asked ChatGPT, ironically, to be able to create some custom instructions for me initially. And then I just sort of started customizing those. But I gave it things like like who I am. I said, like, you know, I'm Tim King, that I'm a freelance con- content strategist and creative copywriter based in central Victoria in Australia. Just all the just sort of generic public stuff. I told it what my website was, my phone number, my email address. I, I gave it, um, specifically told it, here's my tone of voice. Um, And here's the services I offer. So I actually broke down each one of those services. So my custom instructions, I think it's... You can have up to 1,500 characters. I'm reaching around about that sort of 1,200 mark um, at the moment for that first box. And the second box is the same, 1,500. But I I didn't know how to use the custom instruction uh, to be able to get ChatGPT to respond properly to me. And I'd always fight with it. I'd be like, oh, you know, it's still doing it in an American tone of voice or it's producing it with a, you know... A tone of voice that's not that doesn't sound like me very well, um, or it's it's um, it's producing sh- either responses that are way too short or way too long. So if I had to specifically say to things to it, like I want you to respond using my tone of voice. Responses should be as long as I ask for. So don't like don't try and you know hallucinate how much or how long this piece should be. Uh, like try and hit that word mar- that word target. Um, you know, i like things like I'd like you to have opinions. Don't make it sound too Australian because when I first started using the the custom instructions, um, I could have, you know, been emulating or, you know, channeling the ghost of Steve Irwin um, for most of it. It was really, really, it was really (laughs) awkward, totally funny. Um, But I've also got some, some really hard rules in there and I've kind of, just for me to be able to know that they're actually in there, I've got them in capitals and I've got like, don't use passive voice or language, only use active language, always use British English. Never use some semicolons, you know, so just stuff like that to be able to try and get it to curve it. It still doesn't get it right hundred percent of the time, but um at least it has more of a concept of who I am, what I do, um and, and sort of how to how it sound a bit like me. It still goes overboard sometimes though and doesn't quite sound like me at all and so that's being a little more Steve owen <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've tried the whole I'm saying UK English thing. It's still, it was before another a Z popped up. So it's still not doing that all the time. I haven't, yeah, look, I've, I have very basic stuff in my custom instructions. I haven't gone to the, the depth that you have. I've done the, the little exercise to find out what my writing style is by copying and pasting in samples of my writing and getting ChatGPT to analyze it and tell me what that style is. So I've pasted that into my custom instructions. Um, and my and the second second box basically, I've just said, call me Leanne, call yourself Chatty, uh, and you know, non biased information. I've kept it very simple, but I could probably yeah expand that a little bit more and get call- more quality content.
0: Yeah, I, I like that you've you've put in there, like you know, don't don't give me biased info, like you know, just just sort of tell me tell me the truth if you can. I suppose in that sense, I think that's yeah. that's a uh, something I might actually add into my own one. Um, But so so tell me, what's what's that happened with the last year? We were talking about the history of sort of ChatGPT up until now. What's what's the difference between your business pre-ChatGPT and now post-ChatGPT?
1: Yeah, well, for me, you know, being a fellow copywriter, it was my conversion rates were quite good. You know, uh, I had plenty of work to give my team, uh, you know, a bunch of retainers, everything like that. And then as the years gone by, yeah, conversion rates just dramatically dropped like beginning of the year. What usually happens in, like for me, copywriting world, uh, you know, February, it kind of goes quiet from November, kind of kicks back beginning of February after kids are back at school, and that just didn't happen this year. And so I hit, you know, end of April going, oh, okay, uh, things aren't converting. I'm not doing anything different. It's obviously economic climate and ChatGPT that's doing it. So that's where I had this brainchild to, you know, do content like do ChatGPT training. Uh, I've already been doing content marketing training last five years, but hey, let's just give this a new focus. And that just kind of it's it's kicked off, right? And all these speaking gigs, left, right, and center. I've, I've run my own webinars and workshops and things, but everyone's been so eager to know how do I use this. And because I'm a and I've put in my LinkedIn profile non techy ChatGPT trainer, uh, I can speak at a, a language that the general everyday business owner can understand. And that's, that's been you know beneficial as well as my content marketing background. So it's like it's a content tool. I know content. Sure, I don't really know AI, but that's when I started reading books, you know, watching, listening to podcasts, watching reels, following all these AI people on LinkedIn. And I've actually really enjoyed, I've always loved futuristic stuff, but I've, or, I've really enjoyed the journey and, and picking other people's brains and seeing where they're at. And I still have that imposter syndrome for sure every now and again because I call myself an expert six months in, uh, but, you know, I am an expert compared to so many other people who haven't put that uh, or haven't had the time to look into things. Um, so, yeah, my business looks very different now. It's, it's pretty much, yeah, mostly training, <laughs> minimal copywriting, which may be changing, actually, ironically in the next um, month or so. Uh, Cause yeah, actually, yeah, I want to bring that up with you. Um, how you can see the cycle we were t- talking about this the other day, now copywriting jobs are starting to come back. Um, wanna hear your take on that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. So um my take on it, I suppose, is that November hit. I realised that ChatGPT was here to stay right then and there. I knew that it was a lot of other copywriters who were like, Oh, we're just gonna weather the storm, we'll be fine. Don't really need to look at this thing too hard. We'll just, you know, keep doing what we do. And, you know, there are some that have managed to do that and survive. There's a lot of others who I now know work a nine to five job and Know, packing shelves at supermarkets and things so um I, there was we started seeing news articles popping out of like some of the bigger news uh, houses in australia who were like you know uh, i was a copywriter and i'm now training to be an air-conditioned repairman you know st- stuff like that was was starting to pop up but i think there's been a lot of inflammatory media um, that's that's been pushing that a bit But at the same time people read the media business owners read the media so then therefore they start to go oh well maybe this copywriting thing's a little more devalued so again i think uh april last this year sorry april this year i definitely saw the same thing you were seeing a bit of a a downturn in the uh the type of client that i was getting through i was getting smaller jobs not really bigger jobs coming through um, I was getting uh, things that were, you know, just sort of like, you know, one one shot, one off stuff. The retainer agreements were starting to go away. Um, all of that kind of thing was starting to happen. So, uh, yeah, like I, I started to look at retooling my own business. I actually went back to the workforce myself for about a month um, just to test the waters. Not for me. Realized I needed to come back. So I'm back into my business now. But what I'm really happy to, to, to report back for me is that, um, this week especially, but the last couple of weeks, there's been more and more interest being generated about having an actual human copywriter do things rather than uh, AI copywriters. I think um, maybe back in sort of March or, or April, I, I made the big statement to a friend of mine that it'll take six to 12 months for businesses to realize that, that the AI is a tool and that it is uh, it's, it can write some words, but it won't sound like you unless you actually spend the significant amount of time at the coalface, learning how to be able to make it sound like your business and give it the tone of voice. And for those people and those businesses who've done that, go your hardest, because it is a tool that you can do it with. Um, I know that I write a lot of my like LinkedIn posts and things with it, or at least I co-write them now with it to be able to push my marketing, only because I'm time poor and it's something that I need to get out very quickly. Does it hit the mark as hard as when I write my own things? Maybe not, but is it? Does it do the work that I needed to do? In some cases, yes. So there's there's a lot of trade-offs. I think with using GPT or you know AI tools to be able to write your content for you. So you know, like right now, working with clients, um, do I hide that I use AI? Not at all, because I think it's something that if you do, then it's not being disingenuous. It's just kind of it feels a bit icky. So if someone, if one of my clients asks me, "Hey, do you use uh, AI tools?" I'll be like, "Yes, um, of course I do." Um, I'd be foolish not to, and you know if they query me on that, oh we, well, we don't want to work with that. Well, that's absolutely fine. I'm, it's something I can either not use on your project, which means it'll attract a higher fee, or it's something that I can uh, you know not work with you. So there's there's a whole heap of different options there in that kind of sense. Um, and it's, I've even been challenged on that. Well, why would it attract a higher fee if we're not using the AI bit? Well, time efficiency is exactly what it's about. So the less efficient I am, I can, I am by having to write all every single line of copy myself and without getting to that copy editing mode and, and actually delivering you excellent work that is you know, timely, then that, that costs. So I suppose that's, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment with, with the whole uh, ChatGPT thing.
1: Yeah, I think as well because you and I know what good content is. We can use the tools, and we know how to how to manipulate slash massage the content to get a great result. Whereas those that uh, you know, copy, non copywriters, non writers, they will struggle. So this is where I think it's now. And I also made a similar prediction. I said, oh, uh, initially, will copywriters will probably be advisors and coaches on how to use it, and then afterwards, once people realize, oh wait, this actually needs a lot more work than I realised to get it to do what I want to do, they'll come back to us and say, can you just write it for us? Uh, so it's that's starting to happen. But 100% we, we know how, like what good, I'm also transparent. Uh, and I actually said this, uh, I think it was at the, uh, the Robot Love Summit with Kate Toon that we we're both on, and the question came up, do you have to disclose you're using AI as, as a copywriter? And the thing is, well, look, accountants have been using calculators for many, many years. Uh, you know, uh, they also now use, you know, zero and QuickBooks and don't always make all the calculations themselves. Do we, you know, we just assume they probably do. But, and we can also use these tools, just like ChatGPT. but maybe we don't have the brain space to operate them properly. We just want someone else to do it. And so, well, you know, Canva with graphic designers, you know, it's there are graphic designers using Canva to produce great stuff. Um, some may choose to avoid it, but ultimately, as long as the quality product is there at the end, because uh, look, I love Canva, but there's definitely people out there who are not a visual eye and can still somehow <laughs> stuff up templates. So... Yeah, look, I
0: mean, I agree, 100% agree. Yeah. Um, especially with something like Canva, because it's also one of those um, you know industry destabilizing kind of forces for well you know good and bad and nature and all the rest of it that's sort of come along in the last few years so i remember um probably 10 years ago or maybe eight years ago how long's canva been out a-, a while ago now i was talking to some marketing people who were, were ride and die photoshop experts and they're like oh this canva thing it's terrible it's horrible and so i started forming that opinion as well um until i started a business and i'm like i've got photoshop why why do i have photoshop this seems like it's a massive pain in my ass to have to try and use every day of the week to get my marketing done so i started i actually bought into canva as a at at first just to try it out and i was like oh yeah i really don't like this it probably took me six months to come around but then i eventually came back around to it i'm like actually this thing gets me where i am where i want to be a lot faster than me having to sit there and sling pixels every day with with uh you know photoshop and those sorts of tools so while i think those sorts of tools have a place in the world for you know art fashion industry all of that kind of thing you know canva's not actually offering the same things that photoshop does canva offers a light image editing arena that you can just sort of compose it's almost like what we used to call desktop publishing back in the day Uh Uh, not uh, not so much as the as uh, from a a book perspective but like just as a a quick poster for your you know your, your ukulele group down the road or you know whatever something like that it's just like that, that old-school desktop publishing, but they just modernized it, which I think was a brilliant idea. The same thing can also be said as of ChatGPT. This is just, you know, I suppose doing some of the thinking for you if you can, but getting you into a, a spot where you're off the blank page and you can start to form an opinion about things quickly. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's the real benefit of, of AI tools is that it's... You, the the fear of not having anything to start with or not having a starting point is gone. You can just use something like ChatGPT or another AI tool, and get going right now.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And that's what I was saying. Just you know, use it as a starting point, but then please, you know, use your own brain a little bit as well, um, and you know, add, add add stuff to it. Add that content, like I was saying before, adding the layers. And not enough people are doing it yet, but I think they're going to see the importance very quickly when people stop engaging with their their posts. <laughs> oh,
0: ab- ab- absolutely, yeah. And like, they'll either learn how to use it or they won't, and they'll come back to us as copywriters, and we'll be, uh, you know, earning money well, hand over fist again, and we'll be happy. Uh, yep. but let's 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 hope the latter happens. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, look, I think that's that's uh, what a great first episode we've had. Uh, we've talked lots about the history of ChatGPT, sort of where we're at at the moment, how we're using it. Uh, I think we've rounded that out nicely.
1: I think so too. I'm looking forward fantastic. to
0: the next one. Yeah, fantastic. All right, everyone. Thanks very much for being a part of the show today, and we will see you in the next episode.
1: See ya.